gentlemen, welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Whether you're watching live on Wednesday night or while cyber shopping on Friday, we are thankful that you chose the Can't Wait podcast to get some Jets information. Tim McMaster here along with Connor Hughes, our Jets beat writer at The Athletic and our producer, Marissa Morris. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. And if you're listening on Apple, definitely give us that five-star rating and review. Good show on tap. We'll talk about Sam Darnold. Uh, he practiced today, what that means for Sunday, what Adam Gase had to say about it, and some other news and notes around the team. We're going to take your questions as well at the end of the show. But first, it is the night before Thanksgiving, so we should talk about Thanksgiving. Connor, let's do favorite sides. Um, I feel like everyone has like their family favorite side, so I see all these judgments on Twitter about sides, and I'm always thinking, well, you don't know, you don't know that guy's aunt's mashed potatoes. They may be better than your mashed potatoes, or you don't know the stuffing that that guy's grandmother has made for 40 years. It could be better than your cranberry sauce, like. So no judging, but what's your favorite side for Thanksgiving? That's a tough one, man. I know my mom's like the cook. Like I, this is not like feel all down and in the dumps, but I don't really have grandparents anymore. They've kind of, they've kind of gone on the rainbow bridge. So I'm out of that, out of that luck. But I'm, a, I'm, a, it's my mom who does the majority of the cooking. And I think my two favorite are two. Well, I have three because I got to throw Brie in the mix because like the biggest, like I'm, I'm glad that Brie has not asked me who is a better cook in front of my mom and my mom. Well, actually, I should say, I'm glad my mom hasn't asked me like, hey, is Bree's cooking as good as mine? Because that's just going to open up a huge can of whoopie pie. <laughs> I just don't want to dive into that those one. Are, but, those are good lies, Connor. Good yeah, lies. yeah, because Bree can cook, man. Like, Bree can freaking cook. And she makes this, like, my favorite Bree side that she makes is this, um, like, broccoli casserole, but it's broccoli and Velveeta cheese with, like, like crackers on top or something like that it is so so good and she made like i'm not a huge cheese fan unless it's like queso i'm just not like if i'm gonna have cheese on something it needs to be the thinnest layer and brino's how to like has perfectly mastered the breakdown of broccoli to cheese ratio so i'm not like gagging in my mouth which is too much cheese it's amazing that's my favorite one from her and then my two favorites that i have from i want to say uh, my mom. Sorry, I was just saying it's more, more. Everything that's been going on on Twitter that today, there's, there's even more coming out now. Oh yeah, which it's is, still going. I can't. Oh get yeah, away it's from still it. going. And I just <laughs> looked over my left shoulder. I was like, oh, that's out now. And uh, so that's, that's like something going on right now. I was like, oh boy, that's interesting. Um, but I will say, like, my mom's two favorites. My mom makes uh, sweet potatoes with like um, brown sugar pecan crust, which is absolutely to die for. Absolutely love it. And then the other thing is she does her stuffing. And she doesn't do the stuffing that's, like, literally stuffed inside the turkey's butt and then you rip it out and you eat it. Like, I'm not down for that. But it's, like, in a pan and it comes out almost looking like a stuffing cake. Like, a you get, like, chunks of it like this. Dude, you put gravy on that and it is just, oh, it's to die for. So those are my three. It's my mom's stuffing and sweet potatoes and then breeze like, broccoli Velveeta casserole. And it is, that is my favorite. And I'm a big, I'm, I'm the other thing, too, is with Thanksgiving, I'm a big dinner guy like i'm not i like apple pie and i like you know uh um, pecan pie and stuff like that but i'm more like the dinner guy so almost when everyone's having dessert again instead of me having dessert a lot of times i just go back and i have thanksgiving dinner again because i'm a huge like foodie more so than the sweet tooth i don't really have that so for years when i was living in pennsylvania i couldn't get home for thanksgiving so i started going to my aunt who's actually my godmother also um and she makes this you talked about the stuffing she makes this stuffing and it's it's like white bread but then there's sausage 
and just butter and then butter yeah, that's and then butter those. and then Bell's seasoning and then there's like a bouillon cube. I know all this because I made it last year because I couldn't get down there. And I was like, I need this stuffing. I'm going to make it myself um, with the Italian sausage. Oh, my God. I could literally just eat a bowl of it yes. as a meal for like a week and I'd be fine. Um, so I'm making way stuffing? too much of that tomorrow. What? Oh, I should say I should show you a picture. My mom sent me the picture of it. Where's my phone? It's yeah, like it's literally she's got four cake thing, like oh. four cake platters of this thing. I can't find my phone wherever. Oh, here it is in my pocket. No, that's like literally my favorite. Like it is absolutely. And yep. I, I think it's like the same. No, is yours like mushy? Like is yeah. it mushy stuffing or is oh, it? Okay, so this is like harder. This is a little harder. Okay. It, oh, yeah, it's kind of mushy. You're a huge stuffing guy. Let me see, I gotta bring up, <laughs> um, bring up the pick. Yeah, the other one is the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows. That's a good one too. That that I've learned to like later in life. I would always stay away from that earlier. How about you, Marissa? Well, I'm gluten free. I was so gonna say that we know you're that's limited right. because you can't. Yeah. Oh, you must hate this. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> will stuff. say my mom. There's all the turkey. You Here's can't really the... see. You definitely can see. Now right you there. can. Four now sheet can. pans. Four sheet pans of stuffing. Amazing. All right, go, Marissa. Sorry. <laughs> um, well, you know, so I have celiac, so I'm gluten free, so it does make my Thanksgiving options a little limited. But I will say, my mom always likes to make me feel as included. Um, and she actually made Mama me Morris, a Morris taking care. Yeah. So I love mashed potatoes, which are gluten free. So that's fine. But my mom this year is making me a gluten free pepperoni bread, which I am very excited for. You know, us Italians, we have to like have like some little lasagna, you know, to mix in. Oh, the fish is fish is Christmas, that's, right? Yeah, that's Christmas Eve. Oh, okay. I don't like fish though. So, um, but yeah, I, I think my favorite side is definitely mashed potatoes. And I like the corn in the mashed potatoes. I like, Oh, yeah. I don't now really you like that. You're a like mixer. Mix it. Yes. You're a mixer. Yes. Oh, okay. I, I don't that. love yeah. gravy in my mashed potatoes. Like it's okay. Oh, like great. I will eat it. But corn mixed in with mashed potatoes is like the ultimate Thanksgiving side dish. I think. So yeah, I, I would say that's my favorite. Although I am very excited for my gluten-free pepperoni bread. <laughs> Does turkey good. have gluten in it? Can you no. have turkey? No. Yeah. So you can have turkey. Yes. Oh, we're talking about sides. Gluten that's is right. wheat, Connor. I, I'm like get with it. It's 2020. I eat everything. We're doing ham everything. tomorrow too. We're skipping the yes, turkey. Yes, ham. So I like I like ham better. You know really? what we put we put on oh, our ham, ham sucks. Brown sugar. <laughs> yeah, that's what and we got. Seven up. That oh, sucks. Well, actually, that up. sounds intriguing. Still, I'm ham not sucks. sure why, but that's what my aunt has always done, and it's delicious. No. I just didn't want to deal with the stress wrong. of the turkey. Yeah. Ham. So we're doing a deep fried turkey. I'm nice. deep frying oh, again. Again. So like my buddy. After yeah. Your well, my buddy. After last year, wasn't it? A I ain't deep fried. Sh- I no. I didn't f that up. My mom f that up. So oh. like my buddy. Wow. My buddy's like. You farm better hope man, I right? don't clip this off. And that stuff just Rodney. got thrown in the no trash. Food, no food. <laughs> my mom. My buddy is like Rodney. One of my best friends. Give me one of my groomsmen. So my best friends forever. Probably related to Marissa in some way because everyone I know is in some way tied to Marissa. So I wouldn't be surprised if like there's a Rodney Conselman connection there. But. He does like this deep fried turkey. So I told my mom all about the deep fried turkey. I was like, let's do it one year. So she goes and she gets the deep fryer. I get the oil. I come in. My mom like gets the deep fryer ready, but it's like one of those like oven deep fryers. And like we put the turkey in last year and I'm looking at the turkey and I'm like, I was just at Rodney's and we did one. I was like, it's supposed to be submerged. This turkey is not submerged. Like it's ass is out of the oil. Just like sitting there. And I'm like, I'm fairly certain that's not how this works. And my mom's like, no, no, no. The bubbles will spritz on top and cook it. And I'm like, I really don't think that's how deep frying a turkey works. So I go on my phone. And I'm like, definitely not. I call up Rodney. And he goes, 
Uh, whoever eats that part of the turkey is going to get salmonella. So we ended up like taking the turkey out, re-putting oil back in. But it was a whole cluster. That you know happened what. to my boyfriend's family a few years ago. Um, about Did four it, of salmonella? them. Salmonella? Yep, four of them. They, it, they, the they cooked good? the stuffing Yeah, in you're not the turkey. supposed to actually put the stuffing in the turkey. Yes. These His dad like thought it was this whole thing. And there were four of them throwing up the entire night. Fevers. Yeah, it was <laughs> brutal. <laughs> so don't do oh, that. Was, ham sucks. Don't do that. <laughs> Before we move on to actual football, it's like ham sucks. It's awful unless it's no. on a sandwich. It's not a dinner food. You don't no. Do well, it'll also no. be on a sandwich. Even for Easter, we Friday don't do ham. We just do Saturday. Thanksgiving again. Mm. No, my family, and, and then you use it in eggs left over, Tim, too. Like, oh, the ham is. Bossy is good I, in eggs. No, I think the ham is that. better than turkey. I'm going to be, I'm with you, Tim. Well, turkey's only good if, the problem with turkey is, like, it can be bad, right? Like, really yeah. well done turkey, if it's juicy, is good. But I feel like that's another Thanksgiving topic that we probably don't have time to get into. But um, Thanksgiving when you go to your family that you're familiar with and then Thanksgiving when you go to a new <laughs> part of the family and you yeah. don't know what you're in store for. The sides are different. They don't cook the turkey right. And yep. it's just a miserable day. And I we used to rotate when I was little. And there was one, I'm not going to name names or anything, but I had one family member it, and it was like a distant cousin. It wasn't like a close, close cousin, but like they were in the rotation. So like every five years we would end up there. And my parents a week ahead of time would start being like, oh, uh, bring extra water to pour on the turkey and like <laughs> to moist. Oh, <laughs> it's like uh, Christmas vacation. Yeah. Um, and and I at that age, you know, when I was a little kid, didn't quite understand it. But then finally, I got old enough, and everybody, we would all just dread that year in the five year rotation when it was like oh, Thanksgiving with bad food. Oh well. But anyway. when what no one tells you about you kind of mentioned what no one tells you about like when you get in a significant relationship with someone and things start progressing and you're living together and you eventually get married is how you have to split up the holidays. Mm-hmm. No one told me that. And like yeah. the, you and Brie are moving in together. So I remember like last year for Christmas was when Brie and I were sitting there and uh, she's like, well, what are we going to do for Christmas? I was like, I'm going to my mom's house to open presents like, duh. And she's like, uh, no, you're not. We're spending the day together. And I was like, Oh shit. That's right. I told her, I was like, we got to like, cause her mom's a nurse too. It's so, like their schedules are all over the place. But I said, I was like, I'll give up Thanksgiving. I'll give up Easter. I'll give up New whatever you can take. I just need to be at my mom's for Christmas dinner because we do the beef tenderloin with Bernays sauce. And mm. oh, my God. I was like, I, I, I'm I, not leaving that. I was like, well, if you want to go to your mom's, fine. We'll go to the, her house for like a couple hours. I was like, but I'm not eating there because I'm going back and eat my beef tenderloin. Like, that is my meal. and I'm not missing that. That is my thing. Just wait till you have kids. That will make it even more complicated. I don't talk about that. I don't <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the Jets. That's the, what, the chat's that's probably like, about. all right, yeah. How about, how about you guys talk about the Jets? Um, we should start with Sam Darnold, who practiced today, Connor. Um, apparently did a lot of practice, but still very much not in or very much in doubt as far as Sunday goes, right? Just give us the latest as far as what's going to happen the rest of the week and when we may know whether Sam Darnold's going to play on Sunday. Uh, I think tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow you'll know because the the thing with Sam and like w- what they've been doing or what they were doing with Sam when he got back. Um, te- hold on, I'm gonna text Marissa this uh, this link so she can keep tweeting. I already just time. retweeted it. But oh, you already got it. You already have the like we were doing. No, last I time did. I did the other one, but okay. <laughs> Send it to me. Here you go. 
Yeah, I was hoping Tim's. I was hoping Tim's filibuster would go like an extra fifteen seconds so I can cut that off. Like, he was like yours, so what do you think about that? Like, yours, <laughs> oh yeah, like Tim my, and I oh, have I, like full conversations. Oh like. yeah, yeah. I, you guys can write a novel while I'm filibusting. I'm, I go to the Greg Williams School of filibusting. But uh, yeah, like the, here's the difference: is like when the Jets were dealing with Sam last time, like when Sam was coming back from from his injury. Um, they were like going to shoot him up on game days. So he would not take any shots, no painkillers, nothing during the week. So nothing during Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He would practice normal. But when they would get to the games on Sunday, they would give him medication that would help him like ease the pain so that when he would take a shot from a defender, when he would make a throw, like he wasn't feeling any of the ill effects from that AC joint sprain and he was fine. They obviously didn't want to do it every single day. They didn't want to do it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, because then you're running the risk of like, I mean, it's, it's, you're talking about pain medication. Like it's, it's a heavy duty stuff. So they didn't want to do that. The the difference is that now they're not going to be doing that. There's going to be no pain medication. So there is, they don't want to run the risk because a lot of what this is, is like the issue with Sam is not throwing the ball. That's not the problem. So if they were playing seven on seven, if they were playing two hand touch, if they were playing flag football, Sam's going to be fine. Like he can make every throw right now. He can thread the needle. He can air it deep. He can drop back. He can uncork it when he wants to. Like that's not a problem. The issue with Sam is that what's going to happen when he takes a hit? What's going to happen when two guys close in on his shoulder? What's going to happen when somebody wraps him up and as they're bringing him to the ground, they throw him down on his shoulder like when he was originally hurt? What's going to happen then? When he was kind of shot up a little bit before, you know, you don't you can kind of play through all that stuff because you don't feel it. But when you don't feel it, then you run the risk of maybe the injury getting worse and you don't realize it's getting worse. So he's gonna go out there and play Sunday totally Sam Darnold. Like there's gonna be nothing in his body that's gonna help him at all. It's just gonna be Sam. So the big thing right now is that how is he gonna handle that first hit? How is he gonna handle the initial contact? And unfortunately for the Jets, there's no way to know until it happens because you're not going to hit him in practice. You're not going to have Dab have Dal take tackling dummies and slam Sam on the shoulder to see how he feels. Like you're not going to put unwarranted hitting on him in practice. Like it's just not going to happen. So they're going to go through today like they did. They're going to have Sam go home, have Sam go to sleep, have him wake up. If he wakes up and feels fine or after like a little bit of movement and stretching, then his shoulder feels fine and he's good to go. They're going to progress him and have him go on Thursday. And then if he's able to practice tomorrow on Thursday on a limited basis and he's not a DNP, he'll be good to go and he's going to start on Sunday. And then once Sunday comes, it's going to be a big – when Sunday comes, it's just going to be a big waiting game because you're going to have to kind of be – almost on pins and needles waiting for him to take his first hit. You're just going to wait for him to take his first hit. And after he takes his first hit, is he going to get up? You know what I mean? When Wilkins comes like when he gets rocked, is he picking himself up off the field? When he lands on that shoulder, is he picking himself up off the field? Or is he going to stay down, come in and then it's Joe Flacco time. And, And unfortunately you just don't know until he takes one of those hits. And then the other question, I guess, is is why, right? And that's the other point is is what's the point of playing him? Six games left, um, and we're going to get to see hopefully Sam Darnold with the receivers that we were supposed to see him with all season long. Is that the main thing? That's what Adam Gase said. I know that was his first point was I want to see him with the starting receivers. But you could also make the argument why. Um, so I guess there's a few things here. Like if you win a couple games and you miss out on Trevor Lawrence. You could blame that on Sam Darnold if he plays well, but then you want to see if he can play in case that happens. There's all sorts of weird moving dynamics here. And then, of course, you'd like him to play well so that his trade value goes up, right? So there's there's all these different things. But at the end of the day, I mean, they won't say it, but the Jets don't really want to win games. 
No, and and like Mark Sanchez was the one who came out with the most egregious quote I've heard. It was like, "Why would Sam Darnold want to play? Like, oh, why would he want to go out there and play?" Yeah. That was just like I heard it. I, I did a, a hit on WFAN, and somebody brought up that because it was the first time I'd heard those quotes. That's a quote uh, you hear from someone who never played sports. I don't understand how and that comes he from. Freaking started. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's insane. that's what I said. When, when they told it to me, it's exactly what I said. I was like, I would expect to hear that from somebody who's never played. Anyone who has played professional sports, you want to be out there, period. Like, you don't think about your health. You don't think about the future. You don't think about – you think about your teammates. You think about going to battle with your teammates, and you think about trying to win a game. It doesn't matter if you're 0-10, 0-12, 0-14, 0-15. You step foot on that field because you love this game. You want to play this game, and you want it. You want to win, and you want to be on the field with your teammates. He's a captain. Sam's a captain for a reason. To hear, like – Oh, he doesn't want to play is just egregious. Now, I can tell you, like, the decision to have Sam play, this is a multifaceted decision. This isn't just like Adam Gase wants Sam Darnold to play, Sam Darnold wants Sam Darnold to play, so Sam Darnold's going to play. That's not what this is. This is the Jets' medical team. This is Joe Douglas. This is Sam Darnold. This is Adam Gase. This is Jimmy Sexton, his agent. This is everyone, and multiple other doctors with second and third opinions. This is everyone looking at this saying, can Sam play? And everyone has to sign off on it in order for Sam to get out there. Now, like you said, if if you're Sam, you don't want to be traded. Like, Sam doesn't want to be traded to the Colts. He doesn't want to, well, maybe he wants to be traded to the Steelers. That'd be a pretty sick home. But, like, (laughs) you know, like, like he, he doesn't want to leave the Jets, honestly. Like, he doesn't want to leave. He wants to be the beneficiary, and I've said it before, of Joe Douglas's roster rebuild. You know, he wants that top five pick that's coming the Jets' way to be used on another offensive lineman or Jamar Chase. You know, he wants that other uh, Seattle first-round pick to be used on a cornerback. You know, he wants that $90 million in salary cap space the Jets are going to have after they let go of Greg Van Roten and Henry Anderson to be used to build a roster that is going to benefit him and that he's going to be the recipient of this off-season continued rebuild. He wants to be here for that. He doesn't want to go through this shit storm that is the 2020 season to then have all of this that's coming the Jets way be tossed into to Trevor Lawrence's lap and say, here you go, bud, and slap him on the butt. Like, that's not what he wants. So from Sand's point of view, he wants to get on this field. He wants to play well. He wants to steal two or three games in these final six so that the Jets are not in a position to draft Trevor Lawrence. They're not in a position to draft Justin Fields. And then they're left with Sam Darnold as this team's quarterback in 2021. That's what Sam Darnold wants. That's why you're going to see an inspired Sam Darnold. I think the Jets, in their mind kind of want that too like in the Jets perfect world Sam Darnold is a franchise quarterback and the Jets perfect world is not Trevor Lawrence that's not the Jets perfect world their perfect world is that they already have their franchise quarterback and now they can use all of these picks that they have and all of this money that they're going to have to round out the roster around the franchise quarterback they have but if they're picking number one and they're picking number two they cannot pass up on Trevor Lawrence one or Justin Fields two they just can't do that so these final six games it's kind of that test of the Jets want to get Sam Darnold out there if he's healthy to see what he can do behind an offensive line that's getting better with all three receivers out there they want to see if he is that franchise quarterback they want to finalize their evaluation of him so that when they come when it comes time for the NFL draft when they're picking number one or number two they can say okay We've seen what Sam did without the weapons. We saw what Sam did with the weapons. We've got two other years of film on Sam. We're going with Trevor Lawrence. They don't want to have any questions, comments, concerns. And I think, like I said, best case scenario, Sam shows he's the franchise quarterback. They roll with Sam next year. Worst case scenario, Sam 
doesn't look good. They still manage to win a game or two, and they're taking, you know, they're picking number three. Like that's worst case scenario. But I think this one is looking at the roster, how bad they are, looking at the schedule they play. I just find I find it hard to see the Jets with Sam or without Sam under center winning more than one game the rest of the way. And at one and fifteen, they're going to be picking number two. They could pick, be picking number one. So it's just a matter of Sam elevating his trade trade stock trade value. Uh, even if the Jets don't want to say that, and Sam doesn't want to say that, and they don't want to think about it, that's really what this is—the final six. Yeah, because the fact is, the, the no matter how well he plays, five of these six games are against potential playoff teams, and the Jets are even around. Even Sam Darnold at his best, the Jets are a bad football team and the chances of them winning those games. All right, so we want to get to some questions, but there are a few other uh, injuries. There was no nickelback conversion from you? I was trying no, to put it. I was like, let's let's really uh, test Tim's From nickelbacks to let's, the cornerbacks. Do we have any cornerbacks yeah. to talk about? I haven't looked at uh, the questions yet. See? There we go. There it is. There we go. There, I'm telling you, <laughs> that Marissa doesn't do that two months ago. Marissa doesn't do that two months no. ago. I don't think see, there's a question the about the cornerback. So see, the, see, the problem is I was going to go injuries first, and that's where it threw me off. That's a fail by fail by the host. Um, but will send out a tweet asking for that couple of irs ficken on the ir um nobody's gonna really lose too much sleep over that although uh, he's P been like the jets though. best player <laughs> uh, and yeah but he missed the extra point last week and True. p ryan on the injured reserve which is a bummer because you'd like to see more and more of him down the stretch and now it's going to be at least three more games without the young running back okay on to the questions marissa get us started okay well, Connor's going to get some more, but this first one, um, Tim and I were actually talking about this like this afternoon. We think this is a pretty good question from Nolan Rich. Looking back at the draft, is there one pick that you think Joe Douglas would like a mulligan on? Mulligan. Since I'm familiar you, with those. Since, yeah, since <laughs> we're a big golf podcast. Also known as, well. as breakfast balls yeah. or, you know, plenty of <laughs> lunch balls. Lunch balls. There's lunch yeah. balls. Yeah. Then you can take the breakfast ball on a second hole if you hit a good drive on the first hole. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's my carryover. Yeah, I've, I've mastered the way of giving myself strokes. Trust me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think there's the one that he would want to have back, and and I know a lot of people are gonna say Ashton. Like I, that's actually a good question. I like this question. So I think a lot of people are gonna say Ashton Davis and say like you took a safety and you could have signed somebody. You ended up getting Bradley McDougald and he started for a bit. I mean, you could have added someone in for it. You could have gone out and gotten Logan Ryan and used that pick on like a receiver, yada yada. I don't think Ashton Davis is that player, and I I think that next year. And the year after that, when Davis is a starter and you're really starting to see him come into his own, and it's not just his athleticism shining, but his uh, football acumen catches up because he's an incredibly intelligent player. He's, he's, he's learning every day. He's just got to learn to play football. And, and I, just a quick side, like uh, Jamal Adams gave that interview where he trashed the Jets and eviscerated the Jets on, on that random podcast that Patrick Peterson does. Um, but he made a comment about like when you're a rookie as a safety coming to the NFL, your eyes are all wrong. It's your eyes. It's you, you can run around the field, your athleticism can show you can luck yourself into plays, but your eyes are wrong. And it takes time to get your eyes right. And he said, he got my, I got my eyes right in year two, and it's kind of helped me make plays from then on out. Ashton has to get his eyes right, and that was never going to happen his rookie year, which is why the Jets were hoping he would play behind Jamal Adams and Marcus May. He would learn, and then he could take over as a starter in year two. I think you'll see Ashton Davis really come into his own, and him and Marcus May, or if the Jets let May walk and they sign a veteran to pair with Davis, you'll see that that to some really do some good things for this Jets defense moving forward. I think the mulligan that that he would want back is the the quarterback mm-hmm. pick because yep. I just I don't I I don't hate the selection in terms of fourth round. You take James Morgan. 
You develop him. He's Sam Darnold's backup for four years. He plays really good in the preseason, his second and third year. You then flip him for a third-round pick. Or Sam goes down and misses two games. He comes in and plays well. You flip him for a second-round pick or a fourth-round pick. Like, I don't hate that idea of drafting a quarterback in the middle rounds, developing him, and flipping him for a selection higher than what you did. It's basically stocks. It's, a, it's an investment. I don't hate that idea. But you start doing those things when your roster is filled out. You know, when you are a playoff team, when you are a team that has a good offense, they have a good defense, and you're just picking little things that you need to improve on to continue your your quest for a championship or, or continue to round out your roster, that's when you can go and draft the quarterback. That's when you can grab the the uh, the, the player there that you develop and eventually, fit, you know, the, the long-term pick. That's what you can do there. With the Jets, when they needed at that time additional help on the on the offensive line another receiver help in the secondary at corner an outside pass rusher an inside line. when you need all of these things you don't take the quarterback in the fourth round so the one do-over i think that douglas could want or that douglas would want is that that instead of taking james morgan he grabs another receiver instead of james morgan he grabs another corner instead of james morgan he gets an inside linebacker to develop and eventually either replace cj mosley or start next to cj mosley or he grabs a pass rusher because he didn't really get that in the draft right i mean they signed bryce huff and they drafted jabari zuninga but zuninga is kind of that justin tuck brandon graham pseudo defensive tackle defensive end he's not an outside pass rusher so maybe you grab a pass rusher there that has some skill sets that you can develop i just don't think that james morgan was the right pick for the jets last year i don't hate the decision i see what douglas wanted to do i i understand the pick it just wasn't the right pick for the jets this year in my opinion yeah, that makes sense. I, that's who I would have said, too, was, was the quarterback, just because you're trying to build the team. You're not trying to add that depth to the quarterback position, but and especially in the fourth round. Um, all right, from Robbie Mitchell, he says, I think Darnold has been making a mistake by not forcing his way onto the field these past few weeks. He's auditioning for a job. I, I guess the question, though, that's not a question. The question would be, Connor, is that at all a fair assessment or – is there no matter how hard he pushed, was the team not going to allow him out there until a certain point? No, when, when Sam got re-injured, it was a wake-up call. It was because because they, I mean, look, if it was up to Adam Gase, if it was up to Sam, he would have been on the field from the beginning. That's why this is a multifaceted decision. That's why it's not just two people making it. It's the trainers. It's the second opinion from doctors. It is the. Uh, general manager it is christopher johnson it is sam's agency it's everyone doing what's best for sam including sam so sam's not the only voice because if you're a player you're going to go on the field i mean the the plaxico burris actually just gave an interview i watched with uh with bleacher report which is fascinating listening to him talk about that that year the giants won the super bowl and and how he was basically playing on on torn ligaments in his ankle and a hurt knee like it was injuries that should have required surgery and he's out the entire year and he's playing on it every sunday by not practicing i mean that's plaxico knowing, okay, I can play if I just don't practice, like doing everything you can to get on the field. That's how players think. They don't think about long-term. They don't think about 2021. They don't think about their their contract after the year. They think about, there is a game on Sunday. I want to play on Sunday, period. Do whatever you can do to get me on there. Unless he is literally incapable of raising his arm, Sam was going to go out there and play. And I think that he took some time off after originally injuring it against the Broncos. Then he came back in, got through, what was it, a game and a half before he got sandwiched and hurt. And Sam said, like, it was my mistake. I should have slid. And if he slides, maybe he doesn't take that hit and he's still playing. It's no big deal. But I think that there was or there is, like I said, a wake-up call from that hit of 
we need to protect Sam because the last thing you want to do is have him take another hit, have this become a full tear, have this now become not time heals it, but you need surgery. And suddenly he's going into a year where the Jets are looking to move him. Sam wants to start for a team in 2021, and he's having off-season shoulder surgery as a quarterback. And we've seen firsthand with the Jets, Chad Pennington. A guy who had arm surgery and was never the same. Like, he didn't have a strong arm to begin with. Sam always had a stronger arm than Chad Pennington. But after he had that shoulder issue, he could play. He started. He won some games. He had a couple really good seasons with the Jets. But he didn't have the arm strength that he had pre-surgery, which was limited to begin with. So you don't want to have the player hurt himself more. So it's not that Sam's not pushing. It's not that the Jets don't want him out there because they do. They want him on the field playing because it's just going to benefit them no matter what. It's a matter of, like, you need to protect the kid from himself. And you need to make sure that this doesn't make a bad situation worse and you can't have that happen so uh it no it's it's not sam's pushing as much as he can to get on the field the jets are pushing as much as they can to get him on the field they're just trying to do what's right for sam which is why also like i said this this week they're not going to be shooting up with pain medication he's not gonna be popping pills it's going to be sam Darnold on the field on sunday and he's going to feel everything this one's from steven on twitter will we ever see cj mosley play or has he lost the desire after two years I don't think he's lost the desire. I mean, he's he'll be back with the Jets next year, Scott. Well, will he be back with, with right with the exactly? Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, he's my my concern with with CJ Mosley is what player is he going to be? Be right. and and is he going to resemble any any type of the player that he was in Baltimore and for three quarters with the Jets against Bills and the against the Bills in the opener? What kind of player he's going to be? Because this is a guy now that has missed two full seasons, basically two full seasons of football. And he had no training. And I know, like, he, he saw him, like, people found him, like, video of him at a bar in Alabama, which I was like, man, like, you took off because you're worried about COVID with your family, and now you're in a bar in Alabama. It seemed like he just wanted a $10 million vacation, that he got his player bonus and was like, all right, I'm going to take this year off. Like, I realize we're not making a Super Bowl. I'm going to take the year off. It's like... I don't know. Like I, I would be less worried about CJ if he had played 2019, then took 2020 off because of COVID, and now he's back for 2021. But I mean, I, I, I'm, I, like I said, my, my concern is that he's going to be back. You hope that he's the player the Jets signed this because he's a guy Adam Gase wanted. Like that was the whole thing. Like, oh, Adam Gase didn't want CJ Mosley, but no, that was a guy Adam wanted because he viewed him as a culture changer in the locker room. So if you can get CJ back in there with the young guys that are going to be there, the mental ability to line up the defense, and he's even 80% or 75% of the player he was in Baltimore, you're still getting a Pro Bowl linebacker in the middle of your defense, which is going to make a big difference. My concern is that he's not going to be 75, 80, 90% of the C.J. Mosley you saw in Baltimore, but he's going to be like 35, 40% of the C.J. Mosley. And he's going to be a liability on the field. And and that's an issue. That's a concern. He's still young, but like how long is it going to take him to get his sea legs back? I, I would I would have I would have concerns about that. I, I would have reservations about that but there's also nothing the jets can do because they can't get out of that contract until after next year so what i would consider if i was the jets if you can get neville hewitt back at say five million a year either for a one-year deal or a three-year contract for say like 13 14 15 million i would do that because cj can provide insurance behind uh cj mosley neville hewitt i'm sorry can provide insurance behind cj mosley to if mosley isn't the same guy and then what the Jets should do in free agency or the draft is try to find a perfect complement to C.J. Mosley to start next one if they're in a 34 defense. Or if they convert to a 43 defense, then it's a moot point. But they need they do need a, a cover guy, I think, to pair next to C.J. Because that's like kind of what he can't, he isn't that great at. 
I think Blake Cashman is the ideal player to start next to Mosley. The issue is that Blake Cashman can't stay healthy. He obviously dealt with shoulder injuries, which landed him on the injured reserve last year. Now he's dealing with a hamstring injury. And, and when he's on the field, Cashman's an impactful player. He's the most athletic linebacker the Jets have. He can cover tight ends, running backs, even slot receivers. He's that athletic. The issue is that he's just never on the field. And I think Cashman has six games, five games, depending on when he comes back from this hamstring injury, to show that he can be a, a starter next to C.J. Mosley. But I think the Jets might want to consider if they can get him for the right price, bring in Hewitt back so that Hewitt can at least start behind C.J. Mosley as some kind of veteran insurance or something like that. Because, like I said, my concern isn't isn't want for C.J. Mosley to play. My concern is that C.J. Mosley is just going to come back but not be the same player because he hasn't played in two years. All right, before we get to one last question, I do want to throw in that, um, and, and Rich Samini had this on Twitter today, uh, Makai Becton leading the fan voting in the AFC Huge. for offensive crazy. tackles, and maybe crazier, Braden Mann leading the conference yeah. at his position <laughs> as punter. So there's no regret in that draft pick, because Braden Mann has been everything they could have wanted and more. Uh, but uh, you know pretty cool to see those, actually, for, for a couple of rookies for the Jets. Yeah, I, I actually I'd have to go back and crunch the numbers to see like when was the last time uh, a general manager drafted two players that both made the Pro Bowl in one draft. Like I don't know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure it's happened. First before. rounder like, I'm, and I'm seventh sh- rounder too. That's pretty. Yeah, impressive. like first time you've had two draft like two, like both your first pick and your last pick ended up being like Pro Bowl players. Like I think that's pretty odd. But yeah, I mean that that draft class for the Jets looks good. Becton's gonna be all world. Like that guy. As long as he stays healthy and as long as the weight doesn't balloon out of control, that guy is going to be an all-pro, not pro bowler. He, all pros are in his future. Denzel Mims is going to be the perfect Eric Decker to someone's Demarius Thomas, the perfect Robin to Batman. I mean, he's going to be a top-tier player. I like what the Jets have in Ashton Davis. I think Jabari Zuninga is going to be a really good player. Bryce Hall is somebody that the Jets believe has has number two corner, starting corner potential. So, I mean, this... This first draft class for Douglas looks good, man. It really does. And and the fact that you're getting the immediate gratification of a potential. And I know Pro Bowl is kind of like a, a loose uh, award now because everyone makes the Pro Bowl with how many alternates and how many guys choose not to play. But when you're a rookie and you're already getting that attention, and I'm really curious what if it's going to change at all when player and coach votes come in, I'm intrigued to watch that happen. I mean, it just kind of tells you. like the, the Douglas hit the, the ball out of the park with, with that first pick, man. He really did. One more question, right, Marissa? Yes. So this is from loyal listener Brian Blake, who always gets our attention with Marissa, Tim, Connor, exclamation point. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, what are you guys most thankful for in regards to the Jets? I think Connor should have to go first on this one. Uh, <laughs> for those that are listening I'll on you, audio, Connor, I guess, Connor I guess just had Connor a great has eye a, roll. Yeah, Connor does have I a job say, because of the Jets. That's <laughs> I do. I, I will say that, that there's several more things that I'm thankful for today that I was not thankful for before today. <laughs> I would, I'll, I'll throw that out there. That's as far as um, we're going, everyone. That's as far yeah, as we're that's, going. That's, that's <laughs> as far as I'm going to that line. But uh, wink, wink, nod, nod. Uh, man, what am I thankful for? Um... I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little sentimental here. I don't I don't give a crap about the roster. I don't give a really about like the coaching staff and stuff like that. I mean, like I I like Adam. I think he's a good guy. I do. Like people can rip him as a coach, but I think he is a good guy. He's been great with the media. He's been informed with the media. He's been good. Christopher Johnson's the same thing. Like I've I've stressed that before. Like those two guys have been tremendous to the media. They've they've been informative. They've been upfront with us. They've been honest with us, which is great. Joe Douglas, obviously, I haven't gotten a chance to know as well as I've gotten a chance to know Adam and I've gotten Christopher just because. Joe got hired and then COVID hit. And it's like, you haven't a chance to get that one-on-one relationship, but 
for like an emotional, like heartfelt answer, I'm honestly going to say the fans. Like I am. I'm going to give like Jet fans a shout out because this season has been absolutely miserable for them. Like it really has. You, you're, you're, you're following a team that you love and that team is probably going to go winless. But despite that, the vast majority, not all of them, but the vast majority of Jet fans have continued reading everything that we've written. You know, they've, they've been involved. They've subscribed to The Athletic. They've read every story that we've been there. They've interacted during this road of, of uneven pavement and, like, bad. And then you look at even the podcast. I mean, we the one guy who called us said, you don't have thousands of listeners yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, we do. And the fact that we have that loyal of a thousands of listeners tuning in either live or after the show is already run and listening to the podcast for a team that has not won. Like, that's the crazy thing I always come back to is that this, like anyone who questions this team's fan base, anyone who questions what it would be like to play for the Jets, this, I see the numbers of of the people that are reading the stories that I write. I see the number of listeners that tune in twice a week to listen to the podcast that the three of us have. All of these people are tuning in numbers that are higher than a lot of other uh, than higher than, than some of what, you know, all these other sites that are on the athletic of teams that are winning and the Jets have not won a game. So this fan base is tuning in to read and listen and follow this team, despite the fact the team literally has not won. They have a lame duck coach. They have a lame duck quarterback and they're still tuning in. So that, that's honestly what I'm thankful for with this team is that I'm covering a team that is not very good. I'm covering a team that literally has not won a game. I'm covering a team that probably is going to finish this season without winning a game. But I'm covering a team for a fan base that still cares about what we're writing about, what we're talking about, what we're saying. I think that's I think that's pretty cool. So that's what I'm thankful for. I, Marissa, I think we should have had Connor go last. I don't know how yeah, we follow that. Yeah, that was that really up. good. Come up okay, back. so I, all the que- behind the scenes. Marissa's these, thankful for like all these questions we throw in the rundown that Connor has no idea where it is. Just basically, Tim and I look at it and. Tim wrote, only six games left under Yeah, that. no, and now oh, I'm going to well. pull that back. Wow, that's because, a pivot. <laughs> oh. So then Connor gives this, like, heartfelt, sentimental yeah. answer. And um, oh, we're both like, oh, oh crap, so we got to find something. To the Jet fans. So, well, no, I was going to say, blocked. my more serious answer besides only six games left, which is not as heartfelt as Connor's, is just that this team is as bad as it is, but they're so interesting anyway. And I am thankful for that. That there's, I mean, there's always so much to talk about with the New York Jets, no matter how bad they are. I mean, you, you got to give credit to a franchise that's this interesting while being this bad. So I'll say that. Um, do we we got to do picks quick, Marissa? What are you thankful for? Yeah. We're not letting you off the hook. Yeah. Well, you guys said all the good, like heartfelt answers. No, I'm obviously thankful for this podcast, and as much as like we, you know make fun of you and you know try and like pick on you at times connor like you do make this very engaging and tim literally i would not survive on a daily basis without tim like (laughs) no joke (laughs) with all of my shows and my eight thousand questions i ask him at all hours of the day so that's awesome i gotta negotiate that into my contract too is alleviate a workload (laughs) like marissa's gonna be only our no more no that's the other uh, thing if i'm coming back no more eagles podcast you want you want me to till 2000 uh, you got me through 2022 you want me through 2023 marissa solely our podcast (laughs) producer now everything else wipe her plate i don't think i can deal with connor demands 24 7 it's basically already oh i'm not that bad i'm pretty easy to deal with you are easy and you are very helpful i will give you that you're very helpful true. and yeah. you're very creative and you want the podcast to do well. So, and the loyal I'm listeners, self- selfishly, yes, the, the loyal listeners and this chat, like they are um, just 
Oh, who should we shout out? We should shout out a few. Well, um, Obviously Michael, Michael Dunn said he's thankful for the Michael Dunn's. So, yes, this podcast is very grateful for the Michael Dunn's. Wes Masterson in here. He's been a loyal yep. listener lately. Yeah, Wes is in there. Wes Masterson, we got him. Ryan I'm Blake. I'm trying to look through these names. The, the yeah, big Ryan blue Blake. knight um, said, love you all, and gave us all hearts. Um, so. All love. Yeah, we got some Jamal all loves. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I actually did go through this chat. and I know, Marissa, you got another podcast. So we got to wrap this up soon. But I know we went through the... Uh, Going through like the pie, the chat, like I watched the last episode back and I was scrolling through. It is kind of cool to like, cause I remember when, when we did, when we were live streaming this before when we first started, we would get like 300 views on these podcasts. Like that's it. Like the, it would be 300 views on the on the YouTube broadcast and we'd pick up like whatever we picked up on the downloads. Now to be sitting here and see like everyone's over, over like 1.5 to 3,000 views on the YouTubes and like going through the live chat and seeing names that I never recognized before. Like I'm like, I don't, some of them you see like the, the Michael Dunn's, like you obviously remember them from day one, but then you scroll through and I'm like, oh, I never saw that name before. That's a new guy. That's a new one. And then like, it's kind of cool. Like it is cool to see it growing. And obviously, like I said, we're we're here now through uh, through 2022. So who knows what we're going to do uh, through moving forward. It's going to be fun. Many more Thanksgivings. Right. Maybe we'll do a live broadcast from Thanksgiving. Not from Thanksgiving. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no. We'll see. Um, I'm keeping my computer closed tomorrow. <laughs> that was shut down quick. <laughs> uh, seriously, oh, though. Oh, bingo. We have to do bingo, too. Oh, I forgot bingo. I think um, we're going to have to save that for another episode. We'll save bingo. Yeah, yeah. bingo board is complete, yeah. though. So there is that. Um, picks real quick, though. You got 60 seconds, Connor. Three games. How about Shoot, 30 seconds? seconds. Right, go. go. Yeah, One. I got to pick. All right, I'm picking these live because I have not bet. You want to go last? So, uh no i'll do them okay. live like this uh i'm going to go with the dallas cowboys minus three at home against the washington football team i like that line Ooh, cardinals minus two and a half on the road against the patriots give me that one all day i like that one a lot too so arizona minus two and a half i do kind of you know i'll give me the steelers minus four at home against the ravens because i think the ravens are, are really coming back down to earth so i like that line give me that, that one wow played. no change that one i'm actually oh. going to take the chiefs minus three and a half on the oh, road or on that's the road what against i the took Bucks. How the hell are they on? That's a weird line. I might stay. The, that's that's scaring me a little bit, actually. I don't know. Yeah, I stayed away from that one because it, it was confusing to me. When I get confused by the lines, I just <laughs> avoid it completely. Um, yeah. I am agreeing with you on Dallas. Uh, I think minus three, Thanksgiving, everything that goes with that. They're always a little better on that day in Washington. The last place they want to be is in an empty stadium in Dallas on Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm going to keep some, somebody has to pick the Seahawks every week. So I'll stick with them <laughs> at Philadelphia minus five. And then I'm going with the Giants minus six because I just think with go. Burrow out after that injury last week and who's playing Finley. No, he's not. No, no, it's not. It's that random dude. No, who's like um, Allen? Is it Allen? Yeah, Brandon Allen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Either Allen. way, it's the Bengals are going to roll over here the rest of the way. I think without Burrow, so yeah. I'll yeah. take Giants minus six. Go, Marissa. Um, I'm going Titans plus three versus the Colts. I agree with you. Seahawks minus five versus the Philadelphia Eagles, and. Like Connor said, Chiefs minus three and a half versus the Bucks. I don't like picking similar picks to you guys because I have some room to catch up with, but uh, yeah. whatever. All right, that's going to do it for us. Um, great deal. You may have heard it at the beginning, but starting on Friday, go to theathletic.com slash the Can't Wait Podcast. You can sign up for The Athletic for a year for just $1 per month. So that's 12 months, just $12 total. It's the best deal we ever offer over the course of the year is the Black Friday deal. So that's coming up starting on Friday. So get on theathletic.com slash the can't wait podcast and that's going to do it for us thanks to everybody for listening we are so thankful for you have a great thanksgiving